Hey, what up? It's Mark Carter. I'm the pastor of Fierce Church. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so pumped that you're able to join us today. I hope this encourages you, inspires you, strengthens you, gives you hope to keep pressing on. And it's my prayer that this sermon gives you a more expansive view of God's love for you. Enjoy the message. God who only knows how to triumph. That is who he is. That is his very nature. Who needs to rise up in their faith today and believe he is going to triumph? He is doing something that we cannot see, but he is good and he is moving on your behalf because he is a good daddy and he loves you and he's concerned for you. Whew. I needed that today. I don't know if you did. Hey, before you go ahead and sit down, would you um, fist bump or air five somebody around you and tell them prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Well, hey, online people, put it in the chat. Prayer changes things. Y'all, I'm Erica, and I'm excited to speak with you today. And I just want to, I want to jump in. Let me make sure I get to my right passage here. Here we go. Um, I want to tell you, take you back in time about uh, seven or eight years ago. And I was working at a job that I really did love, but I had, I think like a two and a four-year-old at that point, And I was just really missing my kids. And I really wanted to be closer to home. Um, and the, jo- the job was like, it was a long drive to and from every day. And I was like, man, I just really want a new job. And I happened upon a listing for a new job at a company a lot closer to home that had kind of been a dream job for me for my entire life. And I was like, well, that looks cool. So I asked Brandon, what do you think? And he's like, well, let's ask some questions. So we asked some questions. I do the interview. Financially, it looked great. It was much closer to home. And it looked like it could be a great fit. Way less hours. We thought, fast forward, I'm working 65, 70 hours a week. I see my kids way, way less than I thought I would with this new job. My whole problem there, guys, was first of all, when I wanted a new job, when I wanted to be closer to my family, did I consult the Lord and ask him if he would provide a solution? Nope. And when we got the interview and I got the job, did we pause and ask God, should I take this job? Nope. I don't know about you, but I've done that a lot in my life. And I think often we look at the trajectory of our lives, we look at the landscape of our lives, and we notice a few things. Maybe there's some things that they're just not the way you'd want them to be. Maybe it's like a preference kind of a thing. Like we live in an apartment and we're super grateful for our apartment, but man, we really want a house. Or maybe it's something in in, uh, like... um, my kids, they were, they were in, cl- in school with this one, this one boy who was a really big bully, and uh, we wanted that to change. There was an injustice there that we, we wanted something to change. Or, or maybe for you, there's a diagnosis that's on, um, on your life. Maybe that's a medical thing. Maybe that's a just relationship thing. And it's something that really, it's just not the way you planned And our lives, often we look at the landscape of our lives and we're like, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I expected. This is not what I hoped for. What what in the world? Like, how how do I get through this? What do I do? And, And sometimes we sit back and we're like, 
can I even change the future? Is there anything that I can do to make this different? Is there any way that I can like manipulate the situation or move forward or anything like that? Sometimes we think we've got it handled. Like, it's all good. I'll just figure this out. I'll just control other things more and try and make that work. Or maybe I'll just kind of sit back into complacency and this kind of lull of, well, you know, it just is the way it is. But here's what I want to propose to you today. There's a better way. There is a much better way. And it's the ancient way. We've kind of been talking about this, find the ancient past, do what the people of old did. And Jesus himself tells us the best way. You ready to hear the best way? In Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. And whoever knocks, the door will be open to them. Solution, ask. You want to see your life change? You want to see the things that feel like road bumps or that feel like giant mountains move? You ask. And that word, all of those verb tenses in the Greek, the ask, the seek, the knock, it's not just a throw it up like, I'd really like this to change. No, it's a present continuous. So it's something that you're doing and you're going to continue doing over and over and over again. So really that verse is ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. Don't give up. And the promise is you will find. You will have what you need. What a good, man, golly, if that doesn't like energize you right off the bat, shoof. Guys, the future changes when prayer becomes our pattern. That's our bottom line today. The future changes when prayer becomes our pattern. Because you and I know we have nothing in and of ourselves that we can actually change our circumstances, right? Like we could try and move some chess pieces and we can maybe make it a little bit better. But really the thing that actually needs to change is our heart and the hearts of others and our circumstances. And really try as we may, we're not going to solve that right? We need someone greater. And listen, since Jesus made a really big deal about pointing out that prayer is so powerful, why would we waste that opportunity to take advantage of this awesome gift that he's given us, right? My goodness. So, Jesus often talked to people in parables. So there are these like little stories that generally compare with life. So, you know, you sow the seed and you reap the seed and You know more parables. I'm not going to go through all of them. But today, this parable is less about comparing, and it's actually about contrasting. And Jesus is going to point out some things for us in this parable. So let's go ahead. We're going to first jump into Luke chapter 18, and we're going to go through verses 1 through 8. It starts off by saying, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. What do you say? Not give up. Not give up. Not give up. That word not give up is inkakeo in the Greek. And it means to like literally melt. Have you been there? Have you had a moment where you're just like, okay, I got nothing in me. I just want to give up. Mamas who've delivered a baby, have you ever been in that 
Do you remember that moment where you're in transition? Like you've been already in labor for 22 hours and now you're like the baby's coming and you go through this transition period and everything in you just goes, I can't do it. I have nothing left in me. That's that word. It's this fainting, this wasting away. There's nothing else in me. And Jesus is saying, the solution to that is to pray, is to pray and have faith. Here we go. Ready? We're going to finally jump in. In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice from my adversary. For some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her complaining or with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what that unjust judge said. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Jesus is saying, listen, there's this unjust judge, and my goodness, let's, let's contrast the unjust judge with the just God that we actually serve. This unjust ju- judge, first of all, cares not at all for men and fears not God. Like he just doesn't care about what people think. He really, I mean, he serves in the job, but he doesn't care at all. The unjust judge also, he's just a stranger to this widow. Like he has no relationship with her. He has no reason to have his heart to be moved toward her. He also refuses justice. Did you see that? He put her off for a really long time and he was like, ugh, get out of my way. And then finally, he's easily frustrated by her. He's just is like, my goodness, lady, like this is a lot. You can chill out. Um, there it is. Here we go. But here's what it says about God in the scripture. And if you have your phone, you could take a picture of this because I'm not actually going to read each one of the verses. The unjust judge fears not God or cares about man, but justice is his foundation. Our God is not a stranger to you and me, but he actually calls you by name. Our God upholds the cause of the widow and he cares a lot about whatever we're going through. And our God is not easily frustrated about us. He longs to hear your prayers. It says that when we pray, it's like incense to him. Do you ever burn a candle and you're like, oh, that's just the best smell ever? That's what it is. When God hears our prayers, it just... It's a blessing to him. So listen, if you weren't already feeling like, oh, okay, yes, I can approach this God. He's a good judge. Let me read you two more verses. In Ephesians 3, verse 12, in the Total Living Bible or True Living, I don't know, TLB version, it says, now we can come fearlessly right into God's presence, assured of his glad welcome when we come with Christ and we trust him. Did you see that? Assured of his glad welcome. And then in John 14, verses 13 through 14, it it says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That's who we serve. 
It's not an unjust judge who doesn't care about us at all. It's a very just and gracious and perfect judge, our God and King, who loves us and wants to hear our petitions. Okay, so we we contrasted the judge with God. Now let's actually compare the widow. I think it's really interesting that Jesus used the idea of a widow because in that time, it was a very patriarchal society, and if your husband died, the wife really was kind of destitute. She was really at the mercy of anyone else in the community who would look after her, especially if she didn't have kids, then she was completely on her own. So the widow alone was helpless. She was hopeless. Have you ever felt hopeless and helpless? I know what it's like to feel like that want to ask you maybe where do you feel hopeless right now what circumstances in your life feel like they're never going to change what feels insurmountable right now perhaps that's like you just your financial situation how am I ever going to get out of this I just don't understand it feels like an adversary that I'm looking at that I'm constantly battling with because it's not changing how am I going to change this maybe it's a boss that you know that you have to honor them because they're your boss, but you just don't respect them at all, and that just is consistently a point of tension. Maybe it's, like I said earlier, maybe it's a diagnosis. Maybe it's a consistent pattern of miscarriage, and your heart is just breaking because you're just going, what in the world? Is this ever going to change? Maybe it's a relationship with a family member that is just estranged, And you want unity, but you just don't even know how to get there. Guys, there are things in our lives that feel like adversaries, that feel like, I don't know how to get over this. And Jesus is saying, just like the widow, bring it to me. Bring it to the judge. All right, and now let's let's totally look at the widow. What did she do? Let's learn some things from the widow. Number one, she knew that this injustice, this adversary, was actually an opportunity for justice to step in. She knew, I can't fix this. I have nothing in of, and of myself that I can fix this, but I know who can. So she got the perspective that she needed to actually have something change. Now she also went, kept going to the judge and the judge kept refusing. She kept taking it to the authority and she had, she had to have patience because it wasn't changing right away. So we were learning patience from her. And then thirdly, that sweet girl, man, she just kept knocking on that door of the judge who could solve her problem. She didn't, she couldn't fix it, but she knew that she could take it to the one who could. So we can learn from her some pure perseverance. So let's, let's take these apart a little bit. Ready? So what are some future changing patterns that we can practice in prayer? Number one, and there's a lot of P's here. Sorry, y'all. You know you, as a, as a speaker, you got to do that alliteration. You got to get the, the P's. Here we go. It's more spiritual if you get the P's. Here we go. Number one, perspective. I don't know if, there we go. There it is. Perspective. We need to shift our understanding of our adversary, of our problem, to looking at it as an opportunity. It's an opportunity for what? First of all, honestly, y'all, it's an opportunity to grow in our relationship with the Lord. 
It's an opportunity to get tired with him, to share your heart with his. How many of you know when you're in a relationship with someone, when you first meet, you kind of know them, but the more that you talk to them, your heart starts to get knit more? When we look at an at a adversary as a problem, we're missing that. But when we look at it as, as an opportunity to grow closer to God, it makes a really big difference. It also helps us to see God and showing himself as being strong, himself as our provider, as our solution. And it's also an opportunity to see miracles and breakthrough. When we bring our problems to the Lord, like that's actually where we start to see the breakthrough. There's a a woman, Elizabeth Elliott. She's probably one of my favorite women of all time. And she was married to this man, Jim, who was a missionary. And he actually was murdered by the people that he went to speak to. And she says this, This hard place in which you perhaps find yourself is the very place in which God is giving you an opportunity to look to him, to spend time in prayer, to learn long-suffering, gentleness, meekness. In short, to learn the depths of the love that Christ himself has poured out on us. What if we started looking at our our hard circumstances as opportunities to really see the love of Christ poured out on us. There's some questions that you can maybe ask God in the middle of the hardship to get some perspective. One of those could be, what do you want me to learn of your character? What do you want me to learn of your character? What is it about you that I don't understand quite yet and hasn't gotten deep into my soul? What is it that I need to learn yet? What character are you needing to build in me Where are the things that I'm still really rough around the edges, God, and you're wanting to kind of whittle some of that off so that I can bring you more glory? What character is it that you want to build in me? And then what glory are you going to get as you move this mountain? Like, God, what are you doing? I'm so excited to see how you're going to work this all out, and I can't see the solution quite yet, but I know that you're going to do something good, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? How awesome is this going to be? We can grow our faith. Why wouldn't we bring God into the salute, into the situation for his perspective? Because when we get his perspective, Pastor Carter was talking earlier about um, in our uh, volunteer meeting before service about an eagle and how an eagle, it rises up over everything else that's down below and it just kind of glides. And the situation that maybe seemed scary before is really, really tiny. And when we get that perspective, when we start to look at it through God's vantage point, it just rem- we remember like this actually is light and momentary and God is working something out and I don't have to. Okay, so future changing patterns. We want to see our future change to, that we need to practice in prayer. Well, we need to get some perspective and then we need to lean into patience. Now, God is not slow. He is never slow. It seems like that often from our perspective, doesn't it? Um, waiting is hard. And I want to invite you into some of my waiting, and I'm promising you I'm probably going to cry. So here you go. Back in 2019, my mom, um, I got to go farther back than that. Back in like 2004, my mom started showing signs of Alzheimer's. And it was just like little misremembrances here and there. And it was just little things. And it didn't seem, you know, it seemed like she actually had a lot going on. So maybe it was just that. 
So we started praying. Okay, God, like, deliver her from this if this is, like, just take this away. And then she got the diagnosis a few years later. And I remember her looking at, at me at a women's conference that we were at. And she's like, I have Alzheimer's. And she said it like it was a death wish. And I, I looked at her and I was like, Mom, the Lord is not done with you yet. And I'm going to believe whether that's for healing or for him to get glory through all of this. I'm going to believe. And so fast forward five more years and she started getting really really different. And she was not my mom anymore. She was really, really angry. So then our prayer shifted to, okay, Lord, I don't think you're going to heal her, so bring her peace. And then a few years later, it was like, okay, Jesus, my mom's not here anymore. Take her home. Release her from this. And this is my journal entry. This is my prayer to the Lord. So this is like super intimate. Here we go. Jesus, we're on day 13 of no food and water for mom. I know your works are wonderful, but this is excruciating. Watching her waste away is probably the hardest thing I've done. I know you order our steps and you number our days. What is the purpose of keeping her alive now? Why allow her to sit in agony for more days There's nothing left to her. She can't communicate. She can't move. She can't open her eyes. She just sits and wastes away. Literally, what is just and good about this? And then the Lord popped a verse into my mind. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. You are my portion. Therefore, I will wait on him. It's from Lamentations chapter 3. And it goes on to read in that. And I wrote this in phrases and kind of, I wish I could show you it. It is good. And I just felt like the Lord was saying, you need to say right now, it is good. Okay, this doesn't feel good. It is good. To wait are the next words. Okay. Okay, Jesus, I'll wait. Quietly. For the salvation. The solution, the fix of the Lord. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. That was hard. And I probably had that quiet time at like 9 o'clock that morning. And at about 11.49, my mom took her last breath. That was a really long time of waiting. And while I didn't get the selfish prayer of, can I have my mom alive until she's at least 105? My God answered my prayer. She is redeemed and radiant and she is healthy and whole and she will never see a day of pain or sickness or sorrow ever again. My, the answer to my prayer may not have been what I wanted, Golly, I'm just so grateful for it. And my mom is now just staring in the face of her Savior, and she is so full of joy, and every bit of the perfect thing that God planted in her is restored. And that is awesome. 
and in the waiting for me, this side of heaven, it's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. I can't tell you how many times I was like, well, maybe if we just get her into this program or, or maybe if we just get this medicine or, or maybe if we just do this and I would try to manipulate the situation. But here's what's true. The battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. If he puts you in a situation, it's not because you need to solve the problem. It's because you need to learn from him and you need to watch him come through with the victory that he has for you. He's got good things in store, but if you try and grab it back and walk with him chisel by chisel trying to solve the problem, you're not going to see the amazing victory that he has planted in front of you. We cannot try and solve the problem. I love that the widow didn't try and solve the problem. What she did, she took it to the one who could. She kept bringing it to the one who could. So as we wait... We need to remind our soul who it serves and who is in control. And then we need to speak faith that we will endure. I love, y'all, I love that the word of God was planted in me at an early age and I can now recall it. Maybe you don't have that same thing, but God's word, there's some parts of it that are like, huh? Most of it is like, oh, that's good. And it's actually really easy to read. And there's probably a ton of people who are sitting right around you who would love to walk with you and help you understand it. And you could even come to the Grove on Wednesday or Thursday nights and you can get in God's word and you can learn it so that you can understand it better. Because when we read God's word, we see his patterns of problem and solution and problem and solution and problem and solution. And when we write his word on our hearts, we have hope. It bubbles back up in us even when the thing is really hard. So just like my journal entry, I was falling apart and going, why God, why? And he put scripture back into my mind. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love for me. I am not consumed. And you are not consumed either. It may seem like you need to faint. Like you are just consumed. God, I have nothing else in me. But because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. So we need to speak faith and we need to get around some people who are going to speak faith into us, who are going to say, girl, you don't stop right now. You keep going. You don't quit. Young man, you put on your bootstraps and you keep trusting the Lord and you keep getting in his word and you keep following him. Man, you fight for your marriage and you do not give up today. You keep on going because the Lord is good and he's doing something that you don't even understand. But just don't give up. Just don't give up. And then if you want a bonus, y'all, we got to praise him before it happens. Do you remember the Israelites when they walked around Jericho? Those walls were really, really big and it did not seem like they were coming down. What did they do? They walked around there and they praised God. They said, it's going to come down. It's going to come down. And it took them seven days and lots of trips around that stupid building. And finally, what did it do? Praise broke the walls and it changed. And the landscape of your life can change when you decide to praise God in the midst of the adversity that's before you. Guys, the future changes when prayer becomes our pattern, when we choose to praise God now for what he's going to do in the future. All right, we're almost done. You ready? Here's the last point. When we, we need to continue to learn that future changing patterns to practice in prayer, we got to get our perspective. 
We got to remember that this is light and momentary, even though it feels really heavy. We got to remember to wait on the Lord and trust him that he's doing something. And then we need to persevere. Y'all, we have got to persevere. Do not give up. There are things that God wants to do. And if you give up, you miss out on it. In James 1, verse 4, it says, Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Who wants to be mature and complete and not lacking anything? There should be a lot more hands up right now. I want to be mature and complete. I don't want to lack anything, right? I want to have everything I need. How do we do that? We endure. We persevere. God wants to move in your situation, and he wants to use perseverance. Now, it doesn't matter how you feel, dear heart. You have to keep going. Maybe you need a midwife. Remember earlier how I was telling you, maybe if you've, if, if you've delivered a baby, there comes a time where you're exhausted, and then a midwife or a nurse comes alongside you, and they're like, don't quit. You're almost there. Keep going. Maybe you need some people around you who are going to be that midwife, who are going to encourage you and push you and say, I don't care how you feel, you've got more in you. I promise you, you have more in you. Just keep going. Now, I also want to remind you, the solution may not have come yet because God's not done doing something in you. And that's hard. But the truth is, God will not let anything tarry one moment longer than it absolutely has to. He moves on your behalf. So you might be asking me, Erica, okay, how do we do this? How do I pray? Well, a couple awesome resources would maybe be the Echo Prayer app that we use here at church. And um, you can actually add your prayer requests throughout the week to it. You can pray for other people who've had their requests Our staff adds things all throughout the week, so you can look at that and you can pray for that. Maybe for you, it's you actually need to take that next step and fast. Maybe that's food, maybe that's uh, television, maybe that's some other kind of recreation so that your mind actually gets focused on God and, and asking him faithfully, persevering and asking him for what you want to happen. Maybe it's asking others to join you, whether that's at the Grove in your small group communities. Maybe that's here, just shoulder tapping somebody and saying, hey, I don't really know you, but can I ask you to pray for me right now? And would you join me in prayer long term for this? Maybe it's just every time it comes to mind, God, this situation just doesn't seem like it's changing, but you're God and I'm not. I don't have a solution. Would you come in and solve this problem? And maybe like like me, You need to have a journal. I have an entire shelf of my journals from all throughout my life. And it's awesome to go back and see how the Lord has answered prayer that I don't even recall asking for. But when we continue to come to him, the future changes when we have the pattern of prayer. I want want you to... There's a man named E.M. Bounds, and he, he writes almost only about prayer. And in his book called The Necessity of Prayer... He says, the Christian soldier must be as intense in praying as in his fighting. For his victories will depend very much more on his praying than on his fighting. We need to consider prayer. It's just as important to pray intensely. Don't be passive about it, guys. You don't have to worry about like, okay, God, I'm coming with my thing today. No, God, 
you know everything that's already going on in my life, and I'm just bringing this back to you because I give nothing for it, and I know that you're the only one who can solve it. So God, would you come in and would you move? And it can be just quick prayers every once in a while, but it also needs to be long-term. We need to keep knocking. We need to keep asking. We need to keep seeking. And we need to have the faith. Do you remember how that parable ended? Jesus said, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is not just a, well, maybe you can do it. This is a, God, I know you have the power to move on my behalf. I know you can solve this problem for me, so I'm bringing it to you. And I'm asking that you would move. I'm asking that you would break the walls down, that you would do something in my mind, that you would do something in my heart, that you would do something in the other parties that are involved. God, only you are powerful enough to do this, so I'm asking you now, would you do it? Have persistent faith that has, is coupled with expectation and boldness because God wants you to come to him. You have the ear of the only one who can save. The widow had the ear of the only one who could save, but he didn't give a rip about her. You have the ear of the God of heaven and earth who cares so much for you. We need to be in persistent prayer. And I want to remind you, there is a harvest just around the corner. There is a harvest just around the corner. It may not feel like it, and it may take many years. Our understanding is finite, but breakthroughs do happen. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, so let's not grow tired in doing good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't faint. Don't stop now, dear heart. The answer's just around the bend, and you need to be persistent in your prayer because that is how things change. I want to just ask you, what if, what if we just actually brought our problems to the one who can solve them? What if as a, as a church, as a people, we actually came to the throne of God and said, God, here's what it is. Can you move? Would you do this? What might change in, our, in our, our culture here as a church? What might change in our culture as a city? What might change in our culture as a nation? If we are just a people who come to the God who can actually do it, right? I, uh, have you ever been in a house where um, you walk in and you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they DIY'd that. And they shouldn't have DIY'd that. Maybe it's a kitchen sink that's consistently dripping. Or you turn the light switch on and it goes every time. And you just know, like, a licensed electrician did not touch this. (laughs) Right? Sometimes, guys, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to DIY our lives. And we have the licensed electrician of the world, of the universe. He literally put the stars in the sky, okay? We can bring it to him. And he is the perfect electrician, the perfect plumber, the perfect orchestrator of it all, the best carpenter ever. Let's bring our things to him. Now, think about it like this. Maybe maybe if you're not in the carpentry world, maybe this will get you excited. If you love basketball and you wanted to learn 
and grow in your skill as a basketball player, you'd probably reach out to Michael Jordan. And if he said yes, you might pee your pants in excitement a little bit, and you would totally take opportunity to meet with Michael Jordan and learn from him, right? Like, he's the best. He's the greatest of all time, absolutely. I know that there's a little bit of debate about that, but no, it's Michael Jordan. He's the best. Just saying it right there, done. He was awesome. Guys, you and I have the perfect coach. The perfect coach, King Jesus. And not only is he just the perfect coach, he's your best friend. And he's your helper. And when we think about the triune God, we've got God the Father, and he is perfectly just and wants to work it out on your behalf. And we've got Jesus who sits alongside you and he counsels you with his word and he talks to the Father on your behalf. And we've got the Holy Spirit who counsels you intimately in your heart. And he, it's, the word says that he actually groans in prayers with words that you don't even understand. If we have access to this triune God who loves us, who wants to be involved in our lives, why would we not just take all of our problems to the great solutioner? It's not a word, but you know what I mean. Why wouldn't we just invite him into our circumstances? Guys, the future changes when prayer becomes our pattern, when we bring it to the Lord. I want you guys to go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm just feeling like maybe there's somebody here today and you're like, Erica, that, that sounds great. Um, it's hard. And I don't even really know about this God that you're talking about. I mean, I want his solutions. I, I want to I know him. I, I mean, if he, if he is everything that you're saying, like, I want to know about him. If that's you today, you can invite the God of heaven and earth into your life. And he can be the leader of your life and the forgiver of your sins. In every way that you have faltered in the past, he is greater and he wants to come in. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed, if if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. If you want to ask the Lord to lead your life and to move in power in ways that you've never had before, would you raise your hand? Amen. Thank you. All right, you can go ahead and put your hand down. Let's pray. If this is your first time praying this, you're just asking for the Lord to come in and lead your life. So let's do that. And everybody else, would you join in faith? God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you made a way so that we could be with you forever and we could have access to your love and to your forgiveness and to your wisdom and to the moving of our lives. And God, right now we ask, Lord, that you would come in in power, that you would move things out of our hearts that shouldn't be there and that you would come in and rule and reign. And Jesus, as we, as we ask for that too, God, we, we just we say in faith, we know that you're good. And we want to praise you now for the things that you're going to do in the future. Because we see victory. We choose to believe for the victory that is coming because we know that you can do it, God. 
in all of these things, Lord, you are good. And we ask that you would move in our hearts, form our character, help us to be patient, help us to persevere through it, God, and give us the perspective that you're working it all out anyway. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. If you don't have a home church and you're looking for a Bible-preaching community that has its heart set on passionately knowing Jesus and being His witness in our generation, check out Fierce.Church. We'd love for you to join us either digitally or in person. Also, if you're looking for leadership development-related content, don't forget to check out the Fierce Leadership Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts from. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to support this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. You can click on the link in the description to give now or visit fierce.church for more information. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not subscribe, share it with your friends, click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on social media or wherever you would share such things. Whatever challenges you're facing, I know you can make it. Don't give up. Hang on to Jesus. He won't let go of you. Jesus loves you so much, and we love you. I hope someday we get to meet in person. Thanks again for listening.